Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast. Here's Ricky Chino and SP3 on the Believe Podcast Network. Oh, yes. Yes. I am hoping your Tuesday morning is off to a fantastic start, and we are going to make it even better here on the Believe in Pro Wrestling podcast. I hope you had a good Monday evening. I hope you enjoyed Monday Night Raw, and I hope you didn't get friend-zoned like Reggie did on national television. Wow. Damn. They did Reggie dirty last night. Man. Man. Viscera, Bobby Lashley, The Rock. All these African American men in WWE history that have kissed white women, and they couldn't give—they couldn't throw Reggie a bone. They couldn't I mean, throw Reggie a bone. I mean, at least this is like a relatable storyline, though. Like, I can't tell you how many times I've been in my life where Reggie is now with Dana Brooke. I've been there. It's a relatable storyline, and you know what? I think it's the most uh, invested I've been in any twenty-four-seven title uh, storyline. That's not saying a whole lot. But it's, I think this might be, this might give you the point in the most invested 24-7 time. No, it's not. But, hey, it's something. Hey, They're trying. I'll, I'll give it credit. I'm more interested in this than Alexa Bliss's therapy sessions. See, that's where you and I will differ on this. And I see so many people. I see so many people dogging these things as saying they're boring and this, that, and the other thing. And they that's are. fine. I get, I get where you're going for. I'm willing to let this play out. I'm willing to let it slow play. I think Alexa's acting, acting is fantastic in these things. You cannot deny her that her acting is not fantastic in these things. I'm willing to slow play. I think they could speed it up. I think they, they could have. They, they reportedly shot nine of these things. That's too many. Like, and you're starting to lose interest. I think five would have been perfect but i am interested to see where they're going with alexa bliss it does seem like they're turning her back into the goddess alexa bliss or some version of that uh the reason that people are saying it's boring is because it's boring like this works if you do it in the way daniel bryan and kane did it in anger management this works if she is really going through this character metamorphosis she's doing well for what she has but she's getting crap this is crap. It's not entertaining. It's not funny. It's boring. That's why people are saying it's boring. Nobody is saying that Alexa Bliss is not performing well in the role. The reason why people are negative on this is because it's not entertaining. And the the, the let it play out, that is the most overused slogan in WWE. Anytime someone uses that, especially someone like us that are that are speaking to the fans, it it never works out. It never plays out. So why do we keep using this? We need to stop this. We need. I to don't retire. use it on everything. We need to, we need I'm, to I'm willing retire. to this. We need the, to put the jersey. Gender. We need to put the jersey in the Raptors of let it play out. Let it play out needs to be retired, Rick. And we need to never use it again I, on Believe in Pro Wrestling podcast. I am willing to believe. That's the theme of this show: is hope and and believe and everything like that, right? I am willing to believe if you watched all nine segments back to back to back, it would play out better. I think splitting it up into nine segments doesn't work on a on a week to week basis. But I'm hoping that things will ramp up uh, here a little bit soon. Got a lot to get into the show today. We're going to talk about we're going to talk about Ronda Rousey and a new report out about her. 
Uh, maybe we gave WWE a little too much credit about her heelish promos to, to start things off. Uh, we are going to talk about uh, Becky Lynch's. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say it, Becky Lynch's WrestleMania opponent and how that's going to go ahead and be determined. Also, there is a lot of mystery surrounding whomever this this new signee uh, for AEW is. Seems like nobody knows. And for some reason, I think that's very telling. I don't know what it says. But it says something to me. First things first, if you can't tell by my attire every day this week, the big game is finally almost here. Super Bowl Sunday with the last game of football season this week as hopefully my Bengals will hoist the Lombardi Trophy. As always, though, Bet Online has you covered from odds, scores, totals, player performance, props to where the next fire coach is going to land. I do actually believe all the jobs are full up now. Uh, Bet Online, regardless, is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022, and it's not just football. Bet Online's basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC odds coverage is the best in the business from sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Bet Online your number one wagering destination. Head to BetOnline today. Use your mobile device. Sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE to get you started. That is B-L-E-A-V. The fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. BetOnline, where the game starts. SP3, I'm going to let you talk to your girl today to, to start off this show. New report out, Wrestling Observer Radio. Remember how we... We thought after Ronda came out and then she had that like heelish backstage promo that they did the exclusive for like WWE digital access. And she was crapping on the fans and saying she wasn't going to fall for the cheers and this, that, this other time around. And then she came out on, on Monday night raw and she seemed very lackadaisical. Like she just didn't, she just didn't care. Like she was there to hurt people and didn't really care who, and didn't care about her reactions or anything like that. We're like, this is very interesting. And we liked the, we liked the idea of them playing off of the the reports that she had beef with the fans and and earned the fans back and earned her trust with the fans back. That might have been a nice little storyline that they could have built towards and used Charlotte Flair as a way to get her over. We had a full half-hour conversation based off of just that. You remember that? It wasn't that long ago that we did this. Apparently, we gave WWE way too much credit. Apparently, this was Ronda Rousey just going out there and, and doing her own thing. Because she legit still has beef with the fans for turning on her during her last run with, with WWE. And reportedly, this is Dave Meltzer, Wrestling Observer Radio, said that uh, people had to have a talk with Ronda Rousey following that first promo back in front of the fans on Monday Night Raw. Uh, and then, you know, basically she was told, hey, look, don't do this. You, you were, we're playing you up as a baby face. So there ain't no slow play in anything. Go out there and do better on Friday. And her promo on Friday was much better received than the one by the fans on Monday night raw. Um, so I, I'm going to let you, I'm going to let you talk to your girl here. Cause man, if she still has legit beef with the fans here, man, I, I don't, I don't know. She got, she got to quell that. She got to squash that down. She's got to put that behind her. I think. No, keep that same energy, Rhonda. I don't, you, you, you guys, you guys take this all too seriously. And the reason why she has a beef with the fans is because they take it this seriously. They take it this far. If it was just just booze in whatever arena that she goes to, that's all fine and dandy. People are vile to Ronda Rousey on social media. And I'm well, not, I ain't talking and, about social media. That's a, that's a that's a horse of a different color. I ain't talking about no, social but media. this no, but 
your thing. We're not talking about Ronda's beef. Ronda's beef with the fans is not just because she gets booed in her arena. It's not just because she got booed in her hometown. Her she got booed in her hometown because of WWE's doing. Because she was a very effective babyface that was drawing for them, and they decided to put her against a better babyface that the fans were more behind in Becky Lynch. That's why she got booed in her hometown. But it's the fact that it's not just the booze in the hometown. It's it, these fans will attack you online. They will never. They will be in your DMs. They they are very disgusting. Uh, that's the whole yeah. thing, and yeah. that's her, why she has a beef with the fans because it just it's not just booze in the town. I think that anybody that would just ride off their back it goes very far. People hate Ronda Rousey, and it's not just. I think as a as a person. Yes, she says some things that probably people should hate her for. But these are people that have a that have a beef with Ronda Rousey because they feel like she's being pushed down their throat. They feel like she's on the same level of Roman Reigns in 2016, 2017, which is absolutely preposterous. But people actually believe this and have this hatred for Ronda Rousey based on her WWE character. And that's why she has this legit beef. So I have no problem with Ronda Rousey having this legit beef. My problem is with WWE not not giving Ronda what she wants. She wants to play a heel because of the reasons that we talked about in that long conversation. Because it doesn't matter what type of reaction you got. You got her playing the babyface role that you botched the first time. She's not going to be too happy about it. So, yes, you do have to talk to her and say, no, we're presenting you as a baby face because you're versing Charlotte. She's going to be more hated. You're going to get cheered against Charlotte. That's all fine and dandy. And like I said, I thought that the promo on SmackDown was better than the promo on Raw for reasons that honestly didn't really have to do with Ronda. I was like, once you get rid of canned noise, the promo comes off better. That's why that Monday night promo came off horribly. And then when she's in there with Becky Lynch and Becky Lynch is not a baby face. She's not really a heel. She's somewhere in the middle. And that's why that segment came off the way it did. When you're on SmackDown, you have Ronda established as the baby face, Charlotte established as the heel. It worked a lot better. That's what it had to do with. I have no problem with Ronda Rousey having a legit beef with the fans because it goes a lot further than just booze in the arena. So like I said, See, my I'm, issue I'm, here I'm is with WWE. Off, well, yeah, and WWE has, has a lot of issues. How and why? Look, booking a wrestling show is hard enough as it is. When you have slam dunks, nobody, you have a breakaway slam dunk twist around dr j michael jordan jump from the free throw line slam dunk like bringing becky lynch back as the ultimate baby face in your company and bringing ronda rousey back as the hated heel and having that be your big money matchup at wrestlemania 38 when you have something that easy take the damn shot slam that ball down the cylinder and don't think twice about it and wwe they always have to go nah that's too obvious. We're smarter than this. We can get we can get people to boo Becky Lynch. We can get people to cheer Ronda Rousey. We know what we're doing. We know what's best. Screw what everybody else thinks and screw what the talent, what might be best for the talent. Because you're right, despite her, her great matches, great promos. I thought Becky Lynch's promo for Monday Night Raw was, was fantastic. The one that she cut on Lita, I think arguably the best promo of the night. 
you're right, man. She's just not getting the Roman Reigns type crowd reactions that WWE would expect to get out of this heel Becky Lynch character. And they had a great chance, a great opportunity on Monday Night Raw to really get the first legit heat on Becky. And then at the last second, they decided to put Lita over. Lita was over with that crowd last night. She was getting pops. They wanted, they, they cheered her out of the building when she, when she did get over on Becky, but man, you had an opportunity there to have Becky Lynch finish the job because all Becky had to do was go back in there and finish the beat down. And I mean, like really beat her down, maybe hit her with a chair or throw her to steal ring steps, do some kind of an injury angle, something, and just disrespect this legend that is way over with the crowd and actually get some legitimate heat on Becky. They had that opportunity to do it last night and they decided to put Lita over. And maybe they did that because Lita's not going to be on the show next week, but you could have put Lita over on the go home edition. I thought they missed an opportunity. I thought they made a mistake to finally get some actually true heat on, on Becky Lynch on Monday. I think it's okay. It's more important to make people believe that Alita is going to win this matchup because people like, like she said in her own promo, she's the underdog here. She's the one that has to prove to the fans that she can beat Becky Lynch. So it made more sense for building that matchup for Alita to get over Becky Lynch got over with the, with the promo. They booed a couple of lines, but even if she beat down Lita, I don't see the, I don't see any heat that she would have got sticking. It doesn't stick from week to week. It's like it's it's a week by week basis. Some crowds wanna 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 like boo every line when she's looking for the boos, and then some crowds just want to cheer her. It's just yeah. it, it's very it's a very indifferent reaction to Becky Lynch, and I feel like her fans are just so devoted to her they don't want to acknowledge that truth. <laughs> we are, yeah, we are. We are. <laughs> Uh, by the way, one of the things like they mentioned, uh, Lita, like not having a singles match in a decade. And I, I went back and I, I looked this up and I, I just started thinking, I was thinking before they even dropped that line, her last singles match was in 2012. Yes. Against Heath Slater. <laughs> it was, she beat Heath Slater in a, uh, no count out, no disqualification match. But before that. I don't remember that match. I don't know if you did. Your memory is a whole lot better than me. That that has shenanigans and some BS written all over it. Uh, her last actual match, though, was against Mickey James in 2006. Survivor Series, Survivor Series 2006. She lost in a couple of minutes, and then JTG and Chad of Crime Time came out and sold her panties to, to send her off. That was her send-off that WWE did for her. For her retirement, yes. Progress, ladies and gentlemen. We have made a lot, a lot of progress in the last, holy crap, let me do some math here, 16 years. 16 years since Lita, like she said, she said 15 years since her last title opportunity. It's actually been 16 years at this point. No, it's 15 years because it was November 2006. That's like, that's like, that's 15 years and three months. That's 15 years. <laughs> uh, yeah that's fair when did she win the championship she uh she, i believe she won it like a a month or so or a month yeah, or two it, yeah that. it wasn't long. So, because okay, mickey because yeah. uh trish won won the title in her last match in september yeah. of 2006 
Yeah. So Trish definitely got the the better of that. So maybe, hopefully, I hope this isn't Lita's last one-on-one match because I'm hoping she gets another one at WrestleMania because she, again, it's mind-boggling to me that she's only had one match ever at WrestleMania. Uh, So hopefully she'll be involved in... But if this is her last one-on-one matchup, hopefully it's a much better send-off than what they did in 2006. Going to be very interested to see uh, what Lita can do in a one-on-one matchup, especially considering where she is. She looks great, but she hasn't had to carry a match. She hasn't had to do... She's been in tag matches and and battle royals, so I'm interested to see uh, if she still got it. And I have faith that she definitely still has it. Uh, Regardless of trying to put it in the people's minds that Lita could win this match, I think Becky Lynch is still going away, the winner at this, heading into uh, WrestleMania. And we now know how her opponent is going to be determined. SB3, a women's elimination chamber matchup, has been set up in Saudi Arabia, which is surprising to me. Uh, That means we're going to have at least eight women uh, performing on a Saudi Arabia show. Say what you want about these shows, but that's that's progress that has been made. That is a lot of progress that has been made since 2018 when there were no women on the card and WWE had to fight scratch and claw to get one Lacey Evans versus Natalia match on the card. And now we got a women's title match and a women's women's elimination chamber matchup. We know five of the opponents. We saw four of them compete tonight. There is one open spot left. To me, it, it's it's another one of these predictable outcomes. I would say Bianca Belair is the going away favorite to get her matchup with Becky Lynch. But looking at the field that you see now, SP3, do you see any other possible options or any options that intrigue you uh, that might be uh, an opponent for Becky Lynch at WrestleMania or Lita, to be fair? Honestly, I think it depends on who's this six entry. I depending on who's this six entry, yeah, it could be Bianca Belair or it's gonna be this six entry. If it's Bailey making her return, then yeah, Bailey's gonna win because that's a bigger matchup than Bianca Belair versus Becky Lynch. Bailey versus Becky Lynch, that's two of the four horsewomen, and that's the yeah. only matchup of the four horsewomen you haven't really exhausted to the to yeah. the point of no return is Bailey versus Becky Lynch. So automatically I would say her um Asuka has a story if if she's this entrant she has a story to verse Becky Lynch since Becky gave her the title before she yes. uh, went went on her impregnation vacation um <laughs> so yeah so they, there's options there if it's Alexa Bliss and that's why they're rushing through two and three of these therapy sessions a week then yeah probably Bianca Belair is gonna win but I I think that all Bianca Belair fans are, should be hoping and praying it's not Bailey because if it's Bailey, I'm sorry that hope and that dream of Bianca Belair getting a shot at Becky at WrestleMania goes up in flames. Yeah, I somebody tweeted at me today that it's going to be Bailey and Bailey's going to win, and my immediate thought is that like, oh my god, for the sake of Bianca Belair stands everywhere, I hope that does not happen because they will somehow find a way to burn the internet down. And like, I almost want to see it happen. Like, is that sad? Like, I just, I just, wanna watch, I just want to watch the world burn. <laughs> like, I'm a Bianca Belair. I'm an OG Bianca Belair fan. I was a Bianca Belair fan where I, I, when I saw her match in the May Young Classic, the first one in 2017 against Kyrie Sane, I've been a fan ever since then. But I will say Bianca Belair fans are starting to edge very close to that Sasha Banks fandom type of line where y'all cross it 
and y'all are not all y'all are not just devoted y'all are annoying like 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 Dude, okay look hardcore fans of every wrestler are annoying all yes. right hardcore and and i say this as a hardcore becky lynch fan i know how annoying we are all right i know yeah. how annoying the sasha stands are i know how annoying the bianca stands are i know how annoying the the ronda rousey stands are sp3 i know how annoying every single stand is all right we all have our favorites and we all kind of have blind judgment when it comes to that so we yeah for, for us for guys in our position we really have to try and be in, as fair and as objective as possible uh when talking about those superstars there and it's funny, by the way, you, you talk about that sixth entrant and who it might be. And you say, oh, well, maybe it's it's Bailey. Maybe it could be Asuka. Maybe they bring up Io Shirai. I saw all these other people. All these other names pop out there. I'm just saying not you, but I saw like all these names that pop out there. Raquel I, Gonzalez, I, people chucking them out there on Twitter. I feel right? bad for anybody who thinks it's anybody from NXT. <laughs> I, I agree with you. I agree with you. But like. There's one name that a lot of people are forgetting, and somebody brought it up to me on Twitter, and I immediately went, "Yeah, damn it, that's that's probably going to be the sixth entrant. It's pro it's Lacey Evans, right? Like yeah. a returning Lacey Evans as the sixth competitor. That just makes a ton of sense to me. We're all going to get this built up in our mind that it's going to be somebody big like Bailey or Oscar, and that's not a shot against Lacey Evans, but she's just not on their level. So, like, I mean, the other in-house options, yeah, Dana Brooke." got your women's tag team champions that we didn't see tonight and there's somebody else that i'm forgetting somebody else on the oh, card so, so basically what you're telling me Tamina. is that we could have got some qualifying matches to enter into the women's elimination chamber like i would we not did last be surprised with the men i would not well there's not enough women to do six qualifying matches but you could no, have done no no but you could you could have done the five you just named five opponents for them the women's tag team champions dana brooke Tamina, that's four. That's four qualifying matches, and then you could have had you could have had uh, Dewdrop did so well at Royal Rumble, she just gets an entry. You could have done you did that with the men's Royal Rumble where Brock and Seth just got entry, yep. and then you did three yes. qualifying yes, matches. Right. You could have done you're something similar right. with the women. You're absolutely right, and I honestly I would not be surprised because they didn't really allude to the mystery competitor at all. They didn't kind of like make that a story. Period. I would not be surprised if we had the remaining four roster members on raw just have an eliminator match next week to determine who gets in and it might just be as simple as that it might just we it's going to be tamina right like if it's not a returning lacey evans it's going to be tamina uh who gets it and she's going to be like the second to last one eliminated uh when bianca belair wins this match you sound like me when i was setting everybody's forbidden door uh expectations to d'lo brown see i i, I hope y'all out at least at least d'lo you know nobody was a shortfall from D'Lo Brown. Like, at least that. At least I helped y'all out. And that's what Rick's trying to do for me, trying to temper my expectations to Lacey Evans. So when it's Tamina, it's not that fall. That's not that deep of a fall. All right, guys, you want to make some money? We're going to try and help you out there. How about giving this a thought? Investing in an exciting asset that has outpaced the S&P 500 by 164% for 25 years now. I'm talking about art. Bay Bay Masterworks is the new investing app that lets you invest in blue chip paintings from icons like Picasso, Monet, and Warhol without needing millions of dollars to do it. Over 300,000 people have already signed up. Get priority access with our unique promo. Log on to masterworks.art slash believe. That is masterworks.art slash believe, B-L-E-A-V. 
You can see important disclosures at masterworks.io slash disclosures. It's time to answer the five count on the Believe Podcast Network. We are on the heels of a Monday Night Raw last night. Started off great. Had that mid-episode lull, and then things finally picked up for the last 90 minutes or so. Some really good wrestling on last night. KO and Austin Theory, really, really good. Dewdrop and Liv Morgan was a really, really fun match if you didn't get a chance to watch that. Main event, we got some hijinks, some DQs. But it involved a lot of guys who were going to be in that elimination chamber. Matt Riddle, heavily involved tonight. Seth Rollins, heavily involved tonight. KO's lingering, trying to get into the elimination chamber, at least in the kayfabe world. We know Kevin Owens is not going to go to Saudi Arabia, so that's why he's not going to be in the elimination chamber. We'll talk about Kevin Owens, though, uh, here coming up in a little bit. I want to I start right here because we, we talked about ad nauseum leading up to the Royal Rumble about how there's just not a clear-cut WWE championship match. And I think they've at least laid the seeds here a little bit and given us some options tonight on Monday Night Raw. If you look at if you look at the little reactions that are going on between Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins, I think there's a, a lot of people who feel like maybe those two, could they be a team heading into WrestleMania? Yes. Could they end up fighting one another at WrestleMania? Yes. It would be very easy to put the WWE Championship on Seth Rollins at Elimination Chamber and then have that jealousy angle stem out about how Kevin Owens should have been in the match and move forward and have those two fight for the WWE Championship. You saw Randy Orton tonight, uh, on Monday night uh, bring it up to Riddle that he could be uh, the WWE Champion and main eventing WrestleMania. We all know that that could lead to Riddle and Randy Orton possibly fighting over the championship. So number one here on the five count, SP3, did WWE do enough? Did they lay enough seeds of doubt on Raw to make you think that Brock might not win at Elimination Chamber? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. Hell no. They didn't. No, they didn't. Bobby Lashley cut a promo, and I was like, yeah, you're not going to be WWE Champion going into WrestleMania. Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens, all their segment did was make me want to see them more as a tag team going into WrestleMania and made me... It made me upset that we got that good tag team main event because I was like, this would have been perfect at WrestleMania. You have RK Bro win back the Raw tag team titles and give me Seth and Kevin Owens versus RK Bro. That's better than any of the options you just named for a WWE title match. I'd rather see that at WrestleMania than any of those other of them, those two teams going against each other in matches I already seen. It's like it's nothing it's nothing new at least that's a fresh matchup that's a tag team match we got a preview of it tonight and they they showed they have good chemistry i'd rather that at wrestlemania than any of these wwe title matches i don't believe wwe thinks any of those options are better than brock versus roman title versus title i agree with you uh, you kind of got ahead of me uh, a little bit. You're you're reading the you're reading the rundown sheet here, talking about o Owens and and Rollins and and possibly being a tag team. And and yeah, we'll we'll get to that. Um, I'll, I'll say this much: we we know Austin Theory ain't winning. Um, because they WWE they they booked this rematch with Kevin Owens tonight. It was basically like a lose lose situation. So either you you have Kevin Owens lose again a guy you just signed to a three-year contract extension, and you're basically feeding him to the young up-and-comer. 
heading into Elimination Chamber, and it's like, okay, well, now you've significantly cooled him down. What do you do with him at WrestleMania? Or you have Kevin Owens beat Austin Theory this time, and now it's like, oh, well, Austin Theory ain't winning it at, at Elimination Chamber. But we all knew that anyway, so they went yeah. with that option. Still a really, really good match. Uh, Kevin Owens, man, it never ceases to amaze me the things that that guy can do for his size in the ring. Really, really fun matchup tonight. I thought he was one of the MVPs of the night, especially with his backstage uh, promo. But yeah, I don't think there's anything that WWE can do. They can make all the little teases. They can they can tease Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens splitting up. They can have Randy Orton talk about somebody winning a world championship. And you know the second that he sees somebody get that world title on him, he's going to be right there. They can make all the teases that they want. It's, it's Brock Lesnar's winning the damn WWE championship. They're doing title for title. It's the biggest match that they could possibly do. Now, the interesting thing that happened here, and I'm not saying interesting because I don't buy for a second, and we'll move on to number two because I'm not buying for a second that Kevin Owens will not be on the WrestleMania card. But Sonya Deville did drop that little line there of Kevin Owens saying, Kevin, you might not be at WrestleMania. I'll buy it just a little bit because I don't think WWE has anything other than four matches figured out for this card. So there's a lot of people's spots who's in jeopardy, but it's Kevin Owens. He'll find somewhere to go on this card. What I will buy SP three is using this as a storyline driving forward and, and have Kevin Owens match, whatever it's going to be, have it be set up weeks out, solidified, penciled in, penned in on the rundown sheet. But let us not find out what Kevin Owens' match is until maybe two weeks out or even the week before. Let just Kevin Owens go on this like psychotic adventure of trying to find a match and weasel his way onto the WrestleMania card because I think that would be really, really fun to watch over the course of the next six weeks, and I think Kevin Owens could do a damn good job with it and just watch him go insane as he tries to find a way onto this damn card. I mean, I would love for that because the, the backstage segment with uh, Owens and Adam Pearce and Sonya Deville was very entertaining. Kevin Owens, Texas's favorite uh, wrestler, ladies and gentlemen. He he does it all in Texas. They love him there. Uh, but um, I don't think this is going to be really a storyline. I think it's just I think this might have been art imitating imitating life. Uh, I think that when when Kevin Owens reminded WWE he's not going to Saudi Arabia, Vince was like, "Well, oh, wow. if you're not going to Saudi Arabia, I don't know if we got a we got a spot for you at WrestleMania." Um, and Kevin Owens was like, "Well, I have to be at WrestleMania. I, I got to be in Texas. Texas is home." And I think they just was like, "You know what? This was a good conversation. Let's lose this on camera." And that's what we got on the show tonight. Um, I do think Kevin Owens is going to get a spot on the card because there will be some type of random multi-man matchup, probably with a ladder involved. And you got to have Kevin Owens there to take the nastiest bumps in that matchup. So he's going to find a spot regardless of where he's at right now. He's going to jump off the the giant-ass Jumbotron in Jerry World, isn't he? Absolutely. (laughs) Um. You, you did get ahead of me here because I thought that the the what turned out to be the main event tonight would have been a great matchup at WrestleMania, I, which makes me think that we're, we're not going to get that. Yeah. And I agree with you. Like, that's a WrestleMania-worthy tag team match where you get Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins up against RK-Bro for the Raw Tag Team titles. And honestly, that's, that's the kind of Raw Tag Team Championship match that Vince loves not having actual tag teams in there exactly. and just having and just having single stars that he can get on the card and be like, Oh, 
I'm investing in the tag team division. Look at this. This is good shit. Um, you know, it's something that he would really do. But I would hate that for the Alpha Academy. They are finally, finally getting over. They are finally getting a half-decent push, even though they lost the 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 quiz bowl at the at the opening show, which was far better than it had any business being, much Indeed. like the, the spelling bee. It, it just worked. All right, everything from Gable to to or, even even Orton flubbing his line at the end when he when he, when he said, "Well, you think you're the only one who who doesn't bake?" He accidentally said he bakes, but anyway, it all worked. We jokes, you know, it, it's it's slow hanging fruit. It, everything worked about that. I would hate for them to take the titles off of Alpha Academy to do that matchup. Now, if you want to do a triple threat, okay, that's fine. I think Alpha Academy, though, I, I would hate for that to happen to them. I, I'm sorry. If Alpha Academy has the Raw Tag Team titles, the Raw Tag Team titles are not getting on the main show. That's that's maybe, how I feel. They either, not, they either not getting on the main show or they won't get above five minutes. So I'd rather the titles be on it on uh, be between two tag teams that you know Vince is going to give time to have a good match out there. I love Alpha Academy, and I think that Chad Gable is up there for the MVP of this entire show because he was the most entertaining part of the Quiz Bowl. He worked he worked his uh, butt off in the matchup against the Street Profits. He deserves a lot of credit for his work, and I do think he deserves a spot on the WrestleMania card, but them being the tag team champions, does not give me any optimism that we're getting uh, an actual matchup on the WrestleMania card for the Raw Tag Team titles. Again, it's all about the opponent. Now, if they just go out there and say, all right, well, RK, bro, your rematch for the Tag Team titles after Elimination Chamber when Matt Riddle loses is, okay, you guys are going to get that title match at WrestleMania. Well, yeah, it's Randy Orton and it's Riddle, and they'll get on the main card. So that might end up being the the Tag Team match. That's not yeah. happening. Ladies and gentlemen, the RK bros versus each other at WrestleMania. Like they are going, they are really pushing their whole friendship more than they ever did throughout this whole entire run for them. Thus, this means that they are getting ready to break them up. That they like I, but I don't again, think, they're, I, they're the most over wrong. thing. They're yes, the most they over are. thing on the show. They are. So I don't understand the thinking here and why you gave us this tag team match tonight when you can give us to us at WrestleMania or this win tonight for Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins is setting up them being the number one contenders for RK bro when they win the titles back. I hope that's the route they go. I, I'm a little more optimistic with Alpha Academy than you are because I, I look at the evidence and they are getting more and more screen time. They are getting, you know, uh, key storylines with guys like Randy Orton and Riddle, who got who are guys one one of the greatest of all time, and a guy who has a really really high ceiling for this company. Um, and look, they could have very easily lost that tag team match to the Street Profits, and they beat them. They beat them clean. Oh, no, so like, no, they they had to. They lost. The, they they were definitely. I had no doubt they were definitely beating the Street Profits because they lost the Quizbo. They wasn't going to give them a loss in the tag team match as well. Are you but I'm just this, saying this, when they this are is not a company they, who loves to pin their champions. Nah, we're going to talk nah. about one coming up here. No, they had they had to. They had to because they still are building that Raw tag team title match, and that's going to be on TV. Alpha Academy's not versing RK Bro for the Raw Tag Team titles at WrestleMania. Thus, RK, uh, thus Alpha Academy, if they are the Raw Tag Team champions, they are not getting a match above four minutes at WrestleMania, or they are just gonna get a kickoff match. That's I would, that's what I it would. is. I'm not saying that I'm not saying that Chad Gable 
and Otis are less entertaining than they have been the last couple of weeks. But this company gives me no faith that they will give them in-ring time at a WrestleMania card. They did the same type of push with the Dirty Dogs beating the Street Profits after the Street Profits have been tag team champions for over a year. They year. did the same push last year. And where, did, where were the Dirty Dogs on the WrestleMania card? Oh, that's right. They didn't make the WrestleMania card. The, the, yeah. the, Think about all the great tag teams we have over the last couple of years. When the when the New Day were tag team champions, they had a they had a seven minute match and they got beat up by a couple of legends. When the Usos were tag team champions, what happened to them? They got beat in about three minutes by the Brudgeon Brothers. Well, like it, this happens every year. I don't understand why we why we try to like make us think. Oh no, this is the year. This is the year. They're focusing on this tag team right now. No, when it gets to WrestleMania, this is what they do. Can't argue. Not gonna try to argue. Maybe it's just the the eternal optimist in me again. That hope. That hope. I hope this is that a, like we 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 should have like started like arguments before we named this show because I think this show the best title would be optimistic versus pessimistic because that's really me. Whenever we talk about WWE, you are always very optimistic. I'm pessimistic. You see the glass half full. I see it half empty. It's a great, it's a great, it's a you great counterbalance. We, we balance each other half empty. You don't see the glass half empty. You see the glass completely dried up with like little bits of like leftover juice or milk or whatever was in that glass just crusted on the bottom corner that's where you hang that is where you live sp3 it's it's just who you are um i'll tell you what i'm not very optimistic uh about one person who had a good match on the sh- on the show tonight uh monday night which is damian priest uh, his match with aj styles a little bit shorter than i would have anticipated thought they had really, really good chemistry. I thought that was one of the best ways to eat uh, a phenomenal forearm. But Damian Priest, again, the United States champion, WWE loves to pin their champions, loses, gets pinned for the second time in a couple of weeks now. He just got pinned by Kevin Owens on January 17th. Now he is, that was his first pinfall loss, and now he has suffered his second uh, the losses, whether it's by DQ, pinfall, whatever it is, the only thing he hasn't done is tap out yet. They're starting to pile up for a guy who went undefeated for the majority of 2021. You see the character shift. You see the fans not reacting to the character shift. He has really no major storyline going on right now at all, other than the fact that the guy can't keep his 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 cool. A guy who used to be cool all of a sudden can't keep it. And that's it. That's just what he does. Number three of the five count. On a scale of one to ten, how concerned are you with the recent booking of Damian Priest? Um, I'm about an eight. I'm about an eight. I'm not fully at ten, but this is what this company does. We talked about it on the last episode. They have this top six that they care about so much, that they treat better than everybody else. But even those guys we went over, they have failed on multiple occasions. And this is just Damian Priest's first time of them failing him. They had a ready-made character. They made him, they even reestablished his cool from NXT by associating him with a cool celebrity in Bad Bunny. There's a major matchup at WrestleMania. SummerSlam wins the United States Championship. It's all going so well. 
11 extreme rules you know the month before that he beat drew mcintyre he yeah. beat seamus and jeff hardy yep. at extreme rules and then somewhere before survivor series they decide they they gotta they gotta make him better we gotta give him a gimmick he needs a gimmick he needs a character he needs a hook and we're gonna take him to that next level and that has literally sunk him down he was organically getting over and they gave him a gimmick They've taken away the cool that made him so that made him uh, a character that the fans connected with. And then all his like the, the push he was getting of being undefeated for nearly a year. They are taking that away as well. Yes, he's having good matches with Kevin Owens. Yes, he's had good matches with AJ Styles. All of that does not matter because you are actively bringing him down. And yeah, that's why I'm concerned. Yeah, um, again, I look at the evidence, and he lost clean tonight to AJ Styles, uh, a guy who had a, a tougher challenge beating Grayson Waller, and a yeah. guy who was squashed by Omos, who wasn't even on the show Monday. Did you no. see Omos anywhere? Did I miss him someplace? No, he wasn't. It's, it's he hard wasn't to miss that show. guy. Yeah, he so he, was, yeah, he wasn't on the show. Now, again, I've, I've been an advocate saying it'd be really easy to heat AJ Styles back up because he's AJ freaking Styles. Um, and it appears that they have decided to do that uh, to the detriment of Damian Priest. I get getting AJ Styles a win ahead of Elimination Chamber, but did you have to sacrifice your United States champion to do it? And I feel so bad for the guy. I remember being at the SummerSlam press junket and Damian Priest walked into the room and he just has this commanding presence. He is a fucking rock star. That's what he is. He is a giant of a man. He commands the presence of an audience. He's really good in the ring. Very easily liked. Does a great interview, by the way. Very open, very candid. I could talk to that man seven days a week and twice on Sunday. I could. He's everything you want from a WWE superstar. They were tailor-made to be a world champion, to be in the conversation at this point already. And then, yeah, man, part of me thinks you brought up Elimination Chamber. I was there in person. That crowd was hot for that match. They were hot for Jeff Hardy. And part of me wonders if WWE saw that match and saw people actively cheering for Jeff Hardy to win the United States Championship, and maybe they hit the panic button on Damian Priest. Maybe they did. It's the only thing that I could possibly think about that they decided to take away the cool, take away his entrance, take away his music, and then give him the crazy eyes. They literally turned him into Steve Buscemi from Mr. Deeds. That's what they did. He gets pissed off and then he does the eye popping thing. And it's like they don't even do different variations of it. It's literally, we got the same thing week after week after week. Somebody would cheat, he'd get pissed off. It's like, you don't just develop a temp. Like, I've had a bad temper my entire life. This isn't something you just pick up in like six weeks, unless you're just having a bad run of it. And he wasn't having a bad run of it at all. None of this decisions make sense. To answer the question, I'm about a 9.5. He's going to defend the United States Championship next week. Right now, I'm picking AJ Styles to win the United States title. I'm picking non-finish. And that might, and that that's it. Like, right? Like that's, I think that's the best case scenario for Damian Priest, which is not good, <laughs> which is not good 
at when you, when you all. book but they do this every week we got this with riddle and seth rollins they book matches where they just go well we don't know how we're gonna finish this oh let's just make it a non-finish and give us give them a tag team match they'll be happy so and here's the thing how did the night end it ended with seth rollins pinning riddle anyway <sighs> It's like, why? Why did you have to do this? Why couldn't you just, just give us some tag? Or book the damn tag match. Yeah, either book the damn tag match or just give us the single match so Kevin Owens doesn't have to work again on the night as well. Like, ah. They're probably like, oh, that would make sense. But, man, we need to get Austin Theory on the card. We need to do that. Because Vince so needed just, his- just book the singles match with the two guys you had in the finish to begin with. Oh, Vince oh, needed no, Austin- Vince Vince needed Austin Theory on the card. He needed his peace of mind. And what is more important, SP3, than peace of mind? Nothing, I say. And that is what NordVPN is here for to give you peace of mind while you're online. And with all of the threats that you may face today on the internet, it is more important than ever to be sure that you have the best VPN that you can get. NordVPN is the world's best VPN service, offering the fastest connectivity, most servers, and next-gen encryption to make sure that everything you do online stays secure. Plus, you can use NordVPN on all of your computers and devices, no matter the operating system. With NordVPN's unlimited bandwidth, you never have to worry about a slow connection either. And plans start at under $4 a month. So grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com slash believe or use your code believe, that is B-L-E-A-V, to get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan plus one additional month free, also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. As we uh, wrap up the show here, let's quickly talk a little bit about AEW. We'll, we'll get more into them as we approach Wednesday. Uh, a big dynamite this week uh, with Hangman Adam Page uh, defending his title in a Texas death match against the Murderhawk Lance Archer. But there's so much being made up about this mystery signing SP3. And I find it very, very interesting. A report basically came out from uh, from Sean Ross at Fightful Select this uh, on Monday. saying nobody knows who this guy is. Like uh, people in the locker room, anybody that he's talked to, none of the insiders know. Meltzer don't know. Cass doesn't know. Sean Rossap doesn't know. We're talking about people weeks in advance who found out that CM Punk was returning to wrestling. That found out that Daniel Bryan was signing with AEW. All right. Who found out that Ronda Rousey was on her way back and was going to compete and most likely win the Royal Rumble. These are the guys who know all the things. Nobody knows who the hell this damn person is, which is incredible to me that this this secret has been kept this close to the vest this long. Here we are a day away now. And by the time this podcast comes out, it very well could leak who the signing is. A lot of people are speculating, including the people backstage, that it is going to be Keith Lee. That seems to be the the obvious choice. Uh, Jeff Hardy was eliminated from the conversation because his 90-day compete is not up. I know I brought him up as a possible option yesterday. I still think Samoa Joe is an option. But number four here on the five count, with AEW playing things so close to the chest, does it make you rethink the identity of this mystery talent? Could this be bigger than than Keith Lee? Are you still sticking with the, the most likely answer is probably the right one here? 
I always believe with wrestling rumors where there is uh, smoke, there's usually a fire. So I'm going to go with my, my gut telling me that it's Keith Lee. But uh, the way this is close to the vest, I, I'll throw out a couple of different options here. Bray Wyatt, out of the, like, the WWE release talent, would be the person that I would think AEW would keep close to the vest because yes. he's had this kind of cloud of mystery since he's been released from WWE and his non-complete clause was done. And that was back all the way back in October of last year. Yeah. And he's had all this time where now, now people are not thinking of him immediately where it would be a surprise. But based on this wording, this wording has been making people very confused. And I think that's the thing, even though it was very weirdly yeah. word what Tony Khan said, I think that's the reason why it's been a mystery to all these guys that usually break this news because he threw out free agent and forbidden door and all the names that we have been those bringing up don't really, don't really fit those. But there is one person. That has been, you know, they have teased matches with people in AEW. He has been in Twitter beefs and Twitter wars with former AEW world champions. And then this past weekend at Revolution Pro challenged John Moxley to a match. A lot of people thought it would just be the Chicago New Japan Pro Wrestling Show. But maybe it's for AEW. And I'm talking about Will Ospreay. And Will Ospreay would fit both of those both of those check marks because there was a mystery last year when he had issues with New Japan when people thought, you know, he had the injury, but people were like kind of put out reports that it's not really an injury. He's having problems with New Japan. There was discussions that his contract could be expiring in 2023, contract could be expiring this year. Maybe it's something, maybe, like I said, where there's smoke, there's fire. Will Ospreay is a name that I would think checks both of those boxes. Another one that fits around those those uh, lines and has that connection with AEW as well is Switchblade Jay White. I would think it's someone in, like, New Japan. If you're going through the Forbidden Door, the Forbidden Door, the first people that established it was New Japan and AEW. If you're going to get a big free agent, Maybe they, they this is a person that New Japan is allowing to sign a contract with AEW. That's the only names that I will throw out there that kind of fits the bill with what Tony Khan is saying. But yes, still, I'm going to hang my hat on Keith Lee and then the outside chance that is Bray Wyatt. Yeah, I'm, I'm going back and looking at the, the tweet now and it's everybody's focused on Forbidden Door and, and a lot of the things he says. I'm focused on the slamming the door shut which to me tells me that it's somebody that is pissed off at their former employer, somebody who has a lot of beef and somebody who should have a lot of beef, somebody who is constantly screwed over by bad booking throughout his entire run, despite being a three-time world champion, despite being one of the top merch sellers in the company, and despite being one of the most over superstars twice. Bray Wyatt, to me, fits the bill here. And this is a guy, like you said, he's kind of been out of sight, out of mind. He was filming that movie. Who knows how long it takes to, to how long production on that was. But October, what, three, three, four months now ago at this point. So yeah. depending on how big the production is, that movie could be done. So his calendar could be clear. 
that to me would be the guy that I would look at based off of Tony's wording. I still, I'm not getting my hopes up. I still think Keith Lee's the guy, but to answer the question, it is making me kind of rethink, okay, well, who else might this be? Because again, you, you look at all the returns, both in AEW and WWE that have been, that have been spoiled at this point, even going all the way back to Becky Lynch at, at, at SummerSlam. There were rumors yeah. that she was going to be there. Now, granted, there were also rumors that she was going to be in every other major pay-per-view that preceded it. Um, and then this one, she finally showed up at. But you got all these guys who are top-notch reporters who know what they're talking about, who get these things right, who just don't know who this guy is. They haven't been able to figure it out. That, to me, is interesting, and it has me rethinking, and it has me wishing that it was Wednesday night already so we could just freaking know at this point. I gotta give credit to AEW because I just thought about it. Like three of the last four pay-per-views that they have have kind of had either a debut happen on it or a debut happen right before it. Revolution had Christian Cage debut. They had CM Punk debut before All Out. At All Out, they had Adam Cole and Brian Danielson. And now we got this debut before Revolution. So it's very, very interesting the timing of this. And it's going to be very, very intriguing, whoever it is. All right. And lastly, to wrap up here, February 18th episode of Rampage is going to air at 7 o'clock Eastern Standard Time due to the NBA. I love this move going on before SmackDown. Should AEW make this change permanent SP3? This is probably a question we'll revisit after this episode of Rampage. I just thought of someone else after we were done with that question. Tony Storm, because we don't know if WWE gave her a main roster contract. She yeah, may have true. a 30 day. So yeah. I, that, that one just hit me when you when you emphasize on the slamming the door shut. That's a name that we don't really know if she does have issues. But the way she left the company, yeah. you would think that she does. Straight as far as as far as uh, AEW making that change. Of course, like most wrestling fans, especially people that watch the sh these shows and have to yeah. review them afterward, yes. I would love to start my review at 10 p.m. instead yes. of 11 p.m., 100% of the way. So, of course, I would love to make that change, but is it necessarily realistic for AEW to do that change with TNT? Not really. TNT has their things in place. AEW chose the time slot that they did. The only reason that we have this rampage at 7 p.m. is because it's All-Star Weekend. I think that people get too excited about these things and be like, well, they should just do this all the time. They can't. This is, the, this is not under I their hope, control. This is on Turner. I hope that they put up the biggest, I hope a million five watch this episode of Rampage because just like you, I also want to start our review at 10.05 as opposed to 11.05. I'm thinking about me here in this situation. Let me start watching wrestling at 7 o'clock. I, I don't give a flying crap about the West Coast. I don't care. You can run it delayed three hours for all I give a crap. I don't give a shit about the West Coast. I'm all about me over here. Let me start my, my, my night of work earlier on Fridays and then end it earlier uh, so I can actually get to bed before it's Saturday morning. One, they ain't going to get a million five. And two, if they got a million five, it'd be because TV guy got the times wrong and people think the, the slam dunk contest is on early. That's, and, that, and that's what Turner would probably tell themselves. So was like, oh, people probably thought All-Star All -Star, uh, Weekend was on and that's why they watched. That ain't going to make them change. 
I, I will argue that Turner could easily make this because anytime you you flip immediately onto Rampage, they're either showing some movie, some action movie from 1985, or there's some one of the Star Wars is on, or this, that, and the other thing. Trust me, they ain't got anything. Those draw. Those draw. Those draw okay. people. That's fine. So does Rampage, right? Maybe you get more viewers. At seven o'clock Eastern Standard Time. That's just my thought. Uh, one final thought, real quick. Want to shout out to my uh, my friend and former training partner Ari Alexander, uh, who made her AEW debut this week on Dark Elevation. She did lose to Julia Hart, uh, but she's an awesome person. Uh, got a lot of talent. It was basically a glorified squash match, but it's a foot in the door. And I hope she keeps busting her ass. You can follow her on uh, the Twitter machine at Ari alexander double a follow us as well at true heel sp3 and at rick uchino we went uh way longer under an hour today hell yeah yes eventually we'll get this timing down right but we do appreciate everybody who stuck with us uh for the entire 56 minutes of this 30 minute podcast uh you have been listening to the believe in pro wrestling podcast brought to you by bet online thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.